You're listening to Big Talk, where we bring stories of people to your attention. I'm your host, Alvin Gomez. He's a loser. You don't know his story. You don't know what happened to him. You don't know how he got into this situation. And the people took a time to listen and to hear some of the stories. They'll be very similar to a lot of our own stories. My full name is Andre Officer, and I am the manager of the Comfort Inn Hotel in Rexdale. Since the beginning of the pandemic, the city of Toronto has contracted 40 hotels for the homeless population. We have these hotel programs now because we need to do practice of social distancing. So the city has um, gone around and um, acquired or renting out a lot of hotels. So that is good. So it then allows us to um, work with a lot more people. Andre is in charge of the hotel program that they took over from the city back in August 2020. The resources um, are even more difficult to obtain now and to be connected to due to the pandemic. We're seeing a lot more um, clients um, having more mental health issues. I've seen there are more parameters put around our clients that's due to the pandemic, which is it's a trickle-down effect, which is then affecting their mental health and increasing their substance abuse issues. More than 235,000 people in Canada experience homelessness in any given year. A study suggests that the number has doubled in the past 10 years. What is more surprising is this rise is happening exclusively in the younger population, especially people under 40. This is all before the pandemic. The homeless population was always vulnerable to COVID-19. They are 20% more likely to get hospitalized, 10% more likely to be taken to ICU and 5% likely to die within 21 days of getting infected with COVID-19. Um, prior, when the pandemic was starting and we were, people were trying to figure out what is and what's not, there was more intense um, vetting, you know, clients would have to go to go and get tested and they'd have to isolate and wait until the results came back. Now, um, it's just pretty much um, have them in the hotels, have them find them a space. If they then should show COVID signs, then have them go and get tested. So um, when it started into where we are now, the parameter, the expectation, the vetting has changed 100%. There's no longer a vetting process versus do you have an open bed, an open space? Yes, we're sending a client. Well, because I'm in a hotel, they all have their own individual room. So that's one thing I don't have to um, manage or deal with. There have been more than a thousand COVID-19 cases linked to outbreaks in Toronto shelters. So my name is Jill Harris. I am a volunteer outreach worker with Encampment Support Network. And outside of that, I am a musician. The Encampment Support Network, it's an ad hoc network of volunteers who advocate for safe, stable, permanent housing options in Toronto. There are volunteers in six neighborhoods and we distribute basic humanitarian aid like water, snacks, tents, sleeping bags, fire extinguishers. Jill and her fellow volunteers have been doing this for almost a year. 
The group started in May 2020, and since then, they have been working closely with the encampment population. For years, the shelter system has been running at almost maximum capacity, if not maximum capacity, uh, especially through the winter. And before the pandemic, there were spaces in shelters for about 7,500 people. And into the pandemic this past winter, that number was even lower. It was only 5,000. Um, and as I mentioned, the, the latest numbers on the waitlist for social housing are over 80,000. So you can see that there's a huge discrepancy there for the availability for people. Um, there's a housing crisis in the city. So people, people don't have access to homes. Um, also, a number of the shelters in the city began as emergency options only and have now turned into necessities. It sort of dawned on me that building these tiny shelters for people that are staying outside is something that I could do and it's something that I, I did before and I stayed in one and I understand how it, how it can work and protect people from temperatures well below negative 10, negative 15. And so I started building them. At the beginning of the year, a carpenter called Khalil Sivrat started building this small wooden shelter for the homeless. But the city later issued a legal order to stop him from making those. So Andrew, do you see anything wrong here? It's a good thought and it's a good gesture. I prefer that the people use the resources that is provided by the city. A lot of the clients who would um, access these shelters are always in that situation. They're, they're part of the encampment family, okay? They don't want to work with the system. They don't want to try to utilize, um, utilize resources. And, and, and that's a huge gap. And we need to find out how to connect people to these resources that we have. The, the encampment and the shelters that are being built, the temporary shelters built by this man, they're great um, immediate solutions, but we have to think about long term because then sometimes the notion of what people interpret is that it's okay, well, I don't need to do anything because I can just stay in this property or stay here and I'll be taken care of. And, it, and it's really tricky, it, it, it's really hard because I, I used to say for every question, there's one answer. Now I say for every question, there's a hundred different answers because there's so many different needs. Everybody functions and works at a different level. Their agendas are different. Everybody should have the right to sustainable housing. Everybody should have the right to services. But there's some people um, that are just not able to meet that expectation or, or to meet that right now. So it's really hard to say, well, you know, take them out of the encampment or don't build them the shelter and put them into the shelter that's provided by the city and make them do it and make them enjoy it. And, and it doesn't work because what happens, they come in, they're here for a day or two and then they leave and they go right back to the encampment or to the uh, makeshift shelter because that's where they're comfortable. That's where they feel they can function. Let's go back to the eviction notice Jill was talking about earlier. The city of Toronto posted notice to Encampment residents of Prespas in parks around the city, they were given until April 6th to leave. On April Fool's Day, though, they announced that they are not going forward with the eviction, which was very, very funny. Well, not exactly. That situation was traumatizing for people. It put them 
it was basically psychological terrorization because they were given these notices of trespass saying you're gonna have to leave these parks and people are asking where am I supposed to go and so uh, what was being offered to them was the shelter hotel called the Novotel and that was where people were supposed to go on the morning of April 6th like pack up your stuff and go to the Novotel and so over those couple of weeks when people were you know obviously freaking out about potentially being evicted and and potentially facing brutalization and uh violence at the hands of police if they don't leave um, or possible fines of up to ten thousand dollars that was scary and then as you mentioned on april 1st uh it came out that there was a shelter outbreak at the Novotel and there were upwards of four people who had tested positive and they still had to test other people. So when that happens, they can't take any more for at least two weeks. So then suddenly people realized that they weren't going to be evicted, at least not on April 6th. But as of now, the city has still not revoked that notice of trespass. Streets to Homes, Parks Ambassadors, when they're going and talking to people who are living in encampments, they're not offering them uh, an apartment. They're saying, we want you to go to the shelter, basically because they're trying to invisibilize homelessness. About a thousand people are living outside. There have been at least nine COVID-19 outbreaks in shelters, and uh, the people living outside still have a trespass notice posted against them. The tiny shelters did help some of Toronto's homeless population during the winter, yet sadly there was a fire and someone died. It is still not clear if it was built by Khalil. The pandemic has exposed some of these issues in a, in a massive way. Already the things that were, you know, we were working at a delicate balance, they're just not working at all. Uh, small businesses are struggling. People are struggling to pay their rent. There are more people living outside. And for many years, Toronto has claimed that it cares about vulnerable populations, but it's not actually what we're seeing on the ground. So to summarize, the pandemic has broken the house of cards. We're going to continue this in our next episode. And we will hear from Mauve Lindsay, a resident of the Rexdale Shelter. Until then, stay happy and stay safe. You have been listening to Big Talk with Aldrin Gomez. 